Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. College basketball tournaments are back, and so are brackets. Get comfy on your couch, turn off that Zoom camera, and sign up for your men's and women's USA Today sports bracket. Register at brackets.usatoday.com. Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. This is the Packers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Packers Wire editor, Zach Cruz. All right, Zach, we were promised a splash in free agency from the Packers, and we weren't really sure where that splash was coming. It may have happened. Maybe it was Aaron Jones, right? The Packers go ahead and re-sign Jones. I thought he was gone. I thought once they didn't place the franchise tag on him, Aaron Jones was gone. I could not foresee any scenario where the Packers are going to be able to bring him back. But a four-year, $48 million deal, he's back. And you actually like the contract, the way it broke down. I was reading your stuff on Packers Wire. So tell me a little bit about Jones returning, what you think about that, and the contract that they did drop for him. We talked about it last week. I definitely thought he was gone after they passed on the, the franchise tag. But, you know, it's funny. You read the, you know, Sunday afternoon, you're reading the initial numbers of the deal, and you see, you know, $48 million over four years, and you're thinking $12 million per year. Like, well, that's a lot for a running back, but then you get – into the real details of this deal and it's you know it turns out it's really just like a two-year 20 million dollar deal you know the cap numbers are surprisingly low during these first two years especially this year i mean the packers have a back at it's under five million on the cap this year so that's great value and then you know you look forward and most of the money in the deal is in those final two years and i honestly don't think this contract will survive in the year three so you know there's going to be a little bit maybe a dead cap hit um in that year three but it isn't too high and so, yeah, I just think this is a very team-friendly deal, which, you know, that's probably the only way they're going to get this done, you know, before he went into free agency is if, you know, Aaron Jones conceded a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think Packers have to be very happy about, you know, passing on the franchise tag and then, you know, getting him back for about really like half the cost of the, the cap hit um, of the tag this year. So It seems like they found like a really good middle ground, $12 million in yep. average annual value. So I think Jones feels like he got the money he deserved. I think that's right on the market for him. Yep. And like you're saying, like his cap hit is 13th among the NFL running backs next season. So it's like, yep. this is awesome. I think last week we were already, we decided he was gone. We were talking about A.J. Yeah. Dillon being the starter. Now you come back. We know Jamal Williams has moved on. I want to get your thoughts on that as well. But now we know it's going to be Jones and A.J. Dillon, kind of a one-two punch. They kind of yep. complement each other well. Dylan, a little bit more of a power back, right? Jones can do a little bit of everything. That could be a really good one-two punch. I'm actually really excited yeah. about that. Now I can see why the Packers brought Jones back. You pair them in the backfield, and that thing's figured out. Yeah, I think that could be a great tandem. You know, Dylan obviously isn't exactly like Jamal Williams, who, you know, he's just 
he was a super versatile back who could do just about everything. But you know, I think you're getting a guy in Dylan, you know, as a runner, at least a lot more potential. And then you got to love, like you said, the dynamic of having, you know, an explosive slashing home run hitter and Aaron Jones, and then this big, you know, huge hulking tackle breaking compliment of a player in AJ Dillon. So, yeah, I think this could be an awesome duo. I think, you know, you, you see that hit, the Packers using a second round pick on Dylan, you know, last year's draft. And then, you know, Jones not getting signed until the very last minute. And you think, you know, maybe he's the potential replacement as like the top back, but you look at it now and he's going to be that complimentary guy who really helps, you know, preserve Jones and keeps him fresh and, you know, hopefully keep him away from one of those, you know, career alting injuries that, you know, really hurt these, these running backs that get the big deal. So, yeah, I think this ended up, you know, working out really well. I think, you know, you look at, the, the snaps and the touches they gave Jamal Williams over the last two years. And I would expect, you know, AJ Dillon's going to get 150 touches or so as a number two back next year. So he's going to have a major role. And yeah, I, I, you know, Jamal Williams is a loss. They, you said we're going to talk about him a little bit. I, I do think they're going to miss him a little bit, but you know, AJ Dillon is a really talented runner and he's going to have a big opportunity next year. I think with Williams, we saw that one coming a little bit. And yeah. I think that one, Fans kind of get it, I think, Zach. Maybe you can back me up on that. It, it seems like yep. fans are kind of giving him the salute. I mean, he was kind of a fan favorite. Funny guy. I, I bet working with him must have been kind of a treat, right? Because yeah. Williams was a character. Seems like a really cool guy off the field. I know fans loved his dancing while he's warming up on the field. I mean, he's just a, he was just a good Packer. Yep. But I think we knew they weren't going to keep both Jones and Williams like after they drafted exactly. Dylan in the second round. So. It almost seems like Packers fans are kind of giving Jamal the salute and being like, "Hey, we're rooting for you. Good luck in Detroit." For sure, yeah. He, you know, he was one of those, you know, glue guys that everyone loved. You know, coaches, fans, teammates, yeah. they all loved him. You know, I, I think the Packers probably don't love him getting away, especially going to the NFC North team. But I think he's going to actually be great in Detroit as a, you know, a complimentary guy behind DeAndre Swift. That, you know, you look at it, that's a pretty similar situation as what he had with. Uh, Aaron Jones here in Green Bay and he thrives. So I think he would have probably been miscast as a starter. So, you know, splitting the job with a back like, you know, Swift, I think that's going to be a really good fit for him and a, you know, a really good fit for Dan Campbell as he, you know, attempts to build that culture in Detroit. You know, Williams, very upbeat, positive, full of energy, always laughing, always dancing. So, yeah, he's going to be missing Green Bay, but I, I think everyone in Detroit is going to love him there. Yeah, I liked him. I'll, I'll miss him, too. He was a good Packer, but yeah. it's, it's free agency, man. We're literally talking on the Wednesday night, the first official day of free agency, and so every team has to get under the cap. The Packers found their way under, and we knew it would be a long road, Zach. But the elephant in the room is that we figured, hey, they, there was an easy path to get under the cap for the Packers. They just had to restructure yeah. Aaron Rodgers' deal. <laughs> so I think this is a little this is a little story that's going on behind the scenes in Green Bay that the Packers got under the cap by restructuring a bunch of contracts, making some other moves to create space, but they didn't touch Aaron Rodgers' contract. His is, his contract yeah. is just fine, and I believe it is the largest cap hit among all NFL players for the 2021 season mm-hmm. as we talk right now. So. Uh, there's something there there's what's going on behind the scenes with rogers contract he basically said guys i'm not like let's not do this right now uh, I, that's just a theory it's just my gut of fit I, but there's something going on behind the scenes you definitely wonder what's happening there because I, I i still think this it has been and continues to be the most fascinating thing about the packers offseason no like doubt. you said they've made they've made all these moves restructuring guys to get under the cap and they have this huge cap number that they could dwindle down a bunch to create a bunch of space and they haven't done it so you know, it may, you know, it makes me think that maybe they don't want to touch his deal, you know, or they made all these moves so they didn't have to touch his deal. But, you know, then again, 
now they have this this trump card where they could build you know create a bunch of space and make a run out of free agent if they you know they want to eventually rework his deal but then again you know a lot of the top options in free agency are starting to find new homes so yeah you know, I, I don't know it's it really is you know keep the deal as it is right now and just play it year to year over the next couple of years with the ability to transition to jordan love you know wide open or you know they really could commit to him with a big restructure extension go all in this year you know, move forward knowing you have, you know, the MVP quarterback on your team, knowing he's probably capable of playing at a really high level for another two, three, four years or more. So, yeah, like we've been talking about it. I'm just on this podcast the last three episodes. That, it's going to be, it's gonna be <laughs> super telling what, what they do here. And, you know, they, they kept this team together really, really well so far without touching a deal. And, you know, maybe that just means they're going to go for it in 2021 without doing anything to his contract, knowing that, uh, you know, a transition could be coming down the road. No, of course we're talking about it, Zach. It's my favorite storyline. I love this thing. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on here because obviously it's not a pay cut. It's just a restructure. But no. you All wonder right. if Rogers is sensitive to that whole, you know, when you restructure, okay, it sounds simple. Yeah, we'll just turn this money and that money into a base salary and a signing bonus and boom, yeah. boom, boom. But it does tack on dead money and it does raise his cap hit in future years. And you wonder if he might feel, well, that would make me easier to move on from in a few years. So I, I wonder if yeah. there's just some animosity going on there. You probably understand this number. I'm not great at math, Zach, but I feel like there <laughs> might be something there with the dead money and maybe future years. Maybe there's something, there's some uneasiness there. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if maybe Rogers wants, you know, some kind of extension where they're tacking on more years to his deal instead of mm-hmm. just moving money around or, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, like, maybe more money in the future where there isn't any. And so there's no tie to him in future years. I think you know, that could be maybe what he wants because they could, you know, restructure some of his deal just with converting, you know, roster bonus or uh, the base salary and, you know, create some space and, and move money forward. But it wouldn't necessarily mean that they couldn't move on from him in the future. I mean, uh, what the Eagles just took a, $34 million dead cap hit to move Carson Wentz. So, yes. I, you know, it, it is possible to move on from these these quarterbacks, even with a bunch of dead money. But th- that could be it for me. I, you know, maybe he is he's very adamant about getting an extension. He doesn't want that kind of restructuring. He just wants an extension. And, you know, they haven't just come to terms on it yet. That's logical, but it doesn't feed into the conspiracy theories. Zach, it's so. not as much drama. No, no it's no, not. No, it doesn't feed the conspiracy <laughs> but, theories. But, but, but if there's some, you know, conflicting things on both sides, maybe it, it comes a little bit more dramatic yeah. here as, as it unfolds. So I don't know. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll wait. If, when, when Adam Schefter's done, you know, tweeting about every backup offensive lineman that gets <laughs> signed, we'll hear what's the drama going on behind the scenes with Aaron Rodgers. I just got to say, Zach, this is something Tom Brady would never do. Tom Brady would always restructure that deal. Okay, that's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. He, he, he'd play for pennies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. You don't even have to pay Tom Brady. Uh, nope. so, so the Packers did get under the cap. How did they do it? And who are they linked to at free agency? What moves could they make to go along with Aaron Jones? I'll get Zach's take on all that coming up next. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Another guy we've talked about, I think, every other podcast is uh, Corey Lindsley. We know he is now a Charger. 
He actually became a very uh, well-paid charger. Uh, yes. Not surprising, Lindsley's gone. So the Packers could go in-house at center. They could also go and find a center in free agency. And well, would you know it, there was some interest in Patriots center David Andrews. And I could tell you, because I'm a Patriots honk, that he's a really <laughs> good player. He was a captain over yeah. here. And the Patriots and Belichick have this thing with their own guys where the, sometimes Belichick will lowball them and let them go off to the market and hear deals from other guys, other teams and then try to match it. And I wonder yep. if that's what the Patriots are doing with David Andrews. But, you know, the Packers have a couple different ways they could go. It sounds like I read one of your articles on Packers Wire. It sounds like they have some internal options. They could move some guys around, some backup plans. But what do you think about them signing a bigger name like David Andrews or someone like that, maybe a, a mid-tier, top-of-the-market kind of guy? Yeah, you know, I, I see this interest in guys like, you know, David Andrews and, you know, even Vikings uh, center Brett Jones. And it, it makes me think they, you know, they might want a veteran that can come in and play center right away, which, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But it's also a little surprising to me. I think they could they could easily move to move on to Lucas Patrick at center and I think feel pretty good about that position. He was, you know, a little overmatched as a starting guard, but I think he could be really good at center and they have some good young guard prospects on the roster that could be potential starters at I would point out John Rundin. He played there a little bit as a rookie and looked okay. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they do want a veteran so that, you know, they can kind of keep some of that versatility that they enjoyed along the offensive line last year. I think that really helped them. Maybe they don't want to move too many pieces around. And I, I do think they're going to have to do some shuffling because, you know, they, they lost Rick Wagner. Corey Lindsay's gone. David Bakhtiari's probably going to be out to start the 2021 season because of that ACL. So, you know, maybe adding a veteran to the line does help there. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Not paying Lindsley and then, you know, maybe ponying up for a guy like Andrews who's probably going to make pretty good money, I would think. You know, I don't know how much sense that makes to me, but I think I would just plug in Patrick at center. He knows that position. He's played it. He knows the system. I would keep Elton Jenkins at guard probably long term and, you know, maybe just go from there. Hopefully, you know, maybe get a, a really cheap offensive lineman in free agency after these first couple waves. And then I think they really need to – add an offensive tackle at some point. And I think, you know, we'll talk about that probably later on as we go through this whole process. But I think that's going to be a position they target pretty high in the draft. That's a good point about them ponying up at center after not ponying mm-hmm. up for Lindsley. But maybe they're just like, hey, Bel- hey, hey, David, what did Belichick offer you? What kind of low ball <laughs> offer did he give you? We, we give you maybe a little bit more than that. Maybe get you at right. a discount. That's an interesting take, though. <laughs> but so we talked about the Packers getting – their cap situation under control entering the the new league year they did it by restructuring a million contracts zach preston yeah. smith adrian amos billy turner Zadarius smith was a big name they restructured yeah. uh they also did a lot of these uh they did a lot of work with their restricted free agent tenders their exclusive rights tenders i'm sorry you're gonna I, i'm so glad i have you here because you need to explain all this to me all i know is that they use one of these free contenders on Robert Tunyon, who's my favorite Packer. So uh, I'm very excited about that. So basically, he gets the second-round tender. I know what that means. So that means if somebody tries to <laughs> sign him, Zach, they have to give the Packers a second-round pick. And I'm sorry, as much as I love Robert Tunyon, I don't think anyone's going to give up a second-rounder for him. So uh, as you wrote, that pretty much guarantees that he's on the team. So I'm very yep. excited that he's going to be back. I'm sure uh, Rodgers is very excited that Tungin will be back as well. But what do you think about some of these moves they made, especially with the restricted free agent tenders and uh, the exclusive rights tenders like Alan Lazard got? Yeah, nothing really with the tender surprised me. I think um, the second round tender always felt like the most likely outcome for Tanyan. I think, you know, they're always going to bring back the exclusive rights guys on cheap deals. You, you look at those and they're, they're just one year 
um, minimum salary deal. So especially for Alan Lazard, that's a great deal for the Packers because, you know, they're going to get him at the league minimum for a, a second year guy um, for a starting receiver, essentially. So I think that's a great deal for them. I do wonder if, you know, Shane and Sullivan got the right of first refusal, which means if any team signs Tim to an offer sheet, all the Packers do is get a chance to match and there, there won't be any compensation coming back to them. So I do think, you know, he could possibly get some interest and maybe find an offer somewhere. He's only 24 years old and he's played, you know, he's played pretty well in a couple corner spots over the last two years. So I, I would bet there's a few teams interested at a price over that $2.1 million tender. And so we'll see. I, I think there's a bigger risk there than the tiny tender because I think they're pretty safe. You know, he, like you said, he's a good player and, you know, all teams, especially the Patriots <laughs> are looking for, they're all looking for tight ends, but um I just don't think a team is going to give up a second round pick and, and then sign him to a big deal after you know one year of good production and a really good offense. And you know, I, don't, I don't think that was necessarily the product of his individual brilliance. So I, I do think that that turned out to be the best case scenario for the Packers. He's getting a pretty good pay bump, but it isn't an exorbitant price. And, you know, Packers are going to probably going to get to keep him and they're also going to get a chance to, you know, make him prove it for another year. So I think that ended up being a smart move. Yeah, don't worry, Packers fans. Belichick is unhinged right now. There's something going on with that man. He's he's lost it. He's he's on a spending spree, Zach. He's making moves it, on. It's, it, yeah, it's been fun to watch him. You know, after a, a bad year, just go spending crazy. A little retail therapy. It's been it's been fun to watch oh, his yeah. first couple of days. Uh, yeah, you think he's pissed that he's seven and nine last year? I mean, it's like yeah. it's like a you know a fourteen or fifteen year old getting a credit card from mom and dad. It's like yeah, yeah let's go. Um, but don't worry, Packers <laughs> fans. Although Bill is trying to steal all the tight ends. I don't think he's going to come after Robert Tungit, so we don't have to worry about that. But uh, So another thing, Zach, that we love to do every episode is dream about uh, some type of big-name receiver the Packers could bring in. And uh, I saw something on Packers Wire about T.Y. Hilton, and I was like, ooh, that could be fun. Yeah. So, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's played with every kind of quarterback you could imagine. I think he would love to play with Aaron Rodgers. What do you think about that? Is there any, is there any way that actually happens? Yeah, you know, you you look at the receiver market over this first couple of days, and it's been pretty stagnant. quiet. So. Stagnant. Yep, it's stagnant. And they, you know, it's just a bunch of you know number two receivers that you know probably want to be paid like number one receivers, and teams just don't want to pay them. So, you know, I didn't think receiver was maybe going to be in play for the Packers just because I thought a bunch of these guys were going to get big deals, but it's becoming a little bit more in play for me because I think, you know, it's, it's a very soft market and there's going to be guys, good, you know, good players that are probably going to have to settle for a one year, you know, mid-level deal. And I can't think of a better spot to go play a one year mid-level deal than, you know, in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, especially with that receiver situation. So it's, it's much more in play for me. I I don't know about T.Y. Hilton necessarily, but you know, any of those guys that are still, still around, I, it could make sense at a at a reasonable price in Green Bay. I think it's a real long list. That that's an exciting. Yeah. That's another one that Belichick went in and kind of peed in the pool. Like, oh, I'm going to sign Nelson Aguilar to this kind of yeah, kind of a crazy deal. It was like I was like Bill, you got to calm down. It was like on the Monday of the tampering window. It's like Bill, will you calm down? Like, what has gotten into you? But yeah, you're right. There's a lot of wide receivers in play, so that's something we can nitpick the Packers on if they keep dragging their feet at the wide receiver position. Zach, we can just keep complaining that they never sign any. There's plenty out there. So let's, yeah, let's there's, figure it there's out. no shortage of supply right now. Yeah, but you know, it's it's 
I will say it's going to depend. We keep going back to this Aaron Rodgers deal, but I was just so much of there. what they go, yeah. so much of what they do next now is going to depend on if they do anything with his deal or you know extend Devontae Adams, which would create a bunch of cap space too. So I think you know they've been sorting through some of the you know potential options at at cornerback and defensive line, and I just wonder if they're you know content. You know, maybe not making a splash, but, you know, sorting through some of those bargain options and, you know, waiting for these first couple waves of free agency before they, they finally hop in. But we'll see. Like it's it's going to it's gonna come down to Aaron Rodgers' contract and what they want to do with it if they're going to have any spending money in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see. Well, first they have to, you know, they have to have the courage to go and talk to him, Zach. I think they're afraid to talk. They're, <laughs> they're afraid to bring up the subject with Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Aaron, do you want a good receiver? Like, we could probably fit one under this cap. We, so. we could make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, excellent stuff as always from Zach Cruz. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. Maybe the Packers will have a restructured contract with Aaron Rodgers. You never know. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll talk to you all then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.